In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I just want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. I was a guest on someone else's show recently, and we talked about success and purpose in business. One of the things that I said during that interview was you need to realize that you don't need someone else's permission to succeed and that you don't need to live someone else's vision for your life. Your life is your own. You are responsible for the choices you make. You reap the benefits of the results that you get or the consequences of the choices that you make. And if you aren't happy, ask yourself the following question. What is it that you wish you could do in life that you haven't done yet? Then ask yourself, why haven't you done it yet? So what's your favorite excuse? Do you think you're too big or too small, too tall or too short, too old or too young, too educated, not educated enough? What is it for you? Once you figure that part out, you have a starting place. But all remember and don't ever forget, you do not need someone else's permission to live the life that you were meant to live. Before I forget, let me give you the number to call in in case you'd like to participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. I would also like to thank my newest sponsor, EPS, which is Electronic Payment Systems. If you've ever thought about accepting credit cards in your business, whether it's with a traditional machine, accepting cards online, or through your mobile device, reach out to them. There's a banner on my show site, www.successprofilesradio.com. If the banner doesn't click through yet, there is a toll-free number right on that banner you can call, which is 855-218-6621. So check out the show site for more information. With all of that in mind, I'd love to introduce my guest. My guest this week is Austin Vickers, and let me tell you a little bit about him. For the last decade, Austin, who is an executive leadership training expert, has been educating audiences across America on the topics of emotional intelligence, human process, self-awareness, creativity, and imagination. As a public speaker, his keynotes and leadership training programs have been delivered to some of the world's leading corporations and executives. As a writer, his personal leadership program called Stepping Up to Live a Life of Vision, Passion, and Authentic Power and his online video coaching series have helped make dramatic changes in people's lives. And now Austin is the writer and producer of his compelling new docudrama, People vs. the State of Illusion. This movie explores the science and power of perception and imagination and the prison walls of habitual thought and behavior that we all create for ourselves and documents the evidence that answers the central question, can we really change? Featured in the film are none of the nation's leading thinkers in the fields of neuroscience, 
biochemistry, psychology, quantum physics, sociology, and consciousness theory. With all of this in mind, here is my wonderful guest, Austin Vickers. Austin, are you there? I'm here, Brian. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Welcome to Success Profiles Radio. And the first thing I'd like to ask, Austin, is the same question that I ask every guest at the outset of the interview. Tell us how you got started. What's your background? What was your journey like? How did you get from where you were to where you are now? Well, I, uh, I was a lawyer. I've been trained as a lawyer and uh, left the legal profession about 12 years ago to do this kind of work. And uh, I get asked that question a lot. People say, well, you know, why on earth um, or how on earth did a lawyer go to teaching, you know, these kinds of principles and making a movie about imagination? Um, but I often think the more interesting question is why in the hell would somebody want to become a lawyer in the first place? Right, and it's a it's a little bit of an interesting story. My uh, I grew up in Canada, and my parents were in the alternative health field. So my father actually opened one of the very first holistic therapy centers up in Canada in the early 1970s, and had all kinds of practitioners like you know uh, rolfers and reflexologists and iridologists. And when I tell people that today, everyone's like, "Oh, that's so cool." But people don't remember, like, back in the 70s, this was not, it was definitely not cool. And it was especially not fun growing up uh, as the son of parents. Like, my parents were total hippies. Mm. So, you know, they would, at a time when you're trying to make friends at school, you know, my parents are sending me to school with homemade deodorants and, Mm. um, you know, trying out all these little recipes and homeopathic remedies on me and, and to top it all off, they decided it would be a cool idea to put me in ventriloquism lessons. And, oh. I'm, you know, it's like what kind of a parent does that? If you ever want to screw up your child, that's what you do. You put them in ventriloquism lessons and teach them kind of how to talk to a Chucky doll. So Nice. Yeah. So, you know, if my parents were the kind of people in high school, if I would have said, listen, I'm going over to my girlfriend's house. We're going to smoke pot all night long and have sex. I'll be home in the morning. That would have been perfectly acceptable. So I knew that the only way I could really get at them and, and rebel was by becoming a lawyer, which, of course, is what I did. Yeah, that does sound the complete opposite of, of how you grew <laughs> up. experience, yeah. yeah. But uh, it was, you know, in the process of being a lawyer and talking to a lot of, I mean, one of my jobs was firing very high-level executives, often after 15, 20, 25 years of service. Mm. Um, I was always fascinated by the subject matters of philosophy and psychology and, and what makes human beings tick. And when you get into those conversations where you're terminating and creating a dramatic life change for somebody after 15 or 20 years, you get very authentic and real conversations. And I was just always fascinated by you know, what caused people to succeed and what caused people to often have meltdowns and breakdowns, which I had to deal with quite a bit as a lawyer. Yeah. And as a result of that, started writing and, so and did- got into this line of work. Wow. So you found that some of those conversations were the basis for what you're doing now, or at least that was a germination point? Oh, yeah, no question. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole practice of law generally is is learning how to, you know, ask provocative questions. And Mm -hmm. as a trial lawyer, you you obviously are presenting a case or making a case, which is what I do in the film People versus the State of Illusion. I make a case about, you know, perception and imagination. So the skill sets are all very similar. It's just now I instead of, you know, helping big companies make a lot of money, I'm trying to help people make really significant changes in their life. Wow. So the, the mission sounds a lot more congruent than it sounds at the surface, and I, I totally get that now. So that's great. 
Um, so let me ask you, uh, you left your position at the height of your success in that field, and that can be very, very difficult to do. How does one know when it's time to move on, especially when you are on top, so to speak? Well, you know, for everybody, that's obviously going to be different. And, and the most important thing that I certainly recommend people do is, is really develop the art of listening to yourself because we have a tendency to not like silence very much. You know, when we're driving down the road, we have to have the radio on. A lot of people I know all constantly in conversation, they make really little time for silence and that kind of check-in introspectively to listen to oneself. But once you do that, I think, and you get that pull, that draw, you know, it's not a decision made out of fear, which is very different, which can often, you know, you feel that in the gut and you feel this anxiety. This is more like a calling, you know, it's more of a longing that is something that maybe your soul or your spirit is requiring. And mm-hmm. when you hear that voice, then then becomes the process of, you know, developing the courage and making a plan to make that mm-hmm. transition um, as easy as possible. And it's not always easy because it can be such a distinct departure from your life. But boy, if we don't do it, then I, I think the little pilot light of our passion and, and our power really goes out. So and, yeah. and pay the consequence for not doing it. Right. And I like what you just said, developing the art of listening to yourself, because uh, what it sounds like you might be saying here is the answers are inside us, but we sometimes just have to listen for the clues that are going on in our life, or at least learn to be in tune and really observant to uh, our environment and to ourselves. Am I, am I close? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of people don't do that surprisingly. I mean, they really, they don't know even how to distinguish, you know, what's a fear. Am I running away from this situation because I'm afraid or am I running to something because it is my passion? I mean, yeah, Audiences, a lot of time people say, well, I don't even know what my passion is. I don't know. So those are all my programs and the movie itself yeah. really designed to help people understand those distinctions and really learn how to develop that skill. So how did you get the idea for doing? Um, for the, the idea for the film? Well, it, it came about... Um, a number of years ago, I had the opportunity to tour Alcatraz Prison, and it's a really godforsaken place. And uh, the guy who was giving us a tour at that time was a former prisoner there by the name of Whitey, who had spent 25 years on Alcatraz Island. And during one of the breaks on the tour, I went up and started chatting with him. And one of the questions I asked him was, you know, what was it like living on this place? I mean, it's so hellacious, even being there for a tour. I couldn't imagine spending years of my life there. And he said something really interesting to me. He said, you know, I can't begin to tell you the number of friends I've had who served 20, 25, 30 years on Alcatraz Island. They would uh, finish their sentences, go to San Francisco, commit a crime, and intentionally allow themselves to get caught. And when I asked him why they would do that, he said, because at least it felt like home. The fear of the unknown was worse than living in a place like Alcatraz Island. And that really occurred to me as I walked away from that experience. We all do that. We may not Alcatraz Island, but we create these prison walls to feel safe and secure. And those walls create severe limitations for us. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. uh, Because people who were there in in that movie, 
uh, were in prison for years and years and years, and they couldn't cope with the outside world because it was so foreign to them. They weren't used to it, so they intentionally committed a crime in order to go back because it was an environment they felt safe and secure yeah. in, even though it wasn't terribly pleasant. Great. We've got just a few seconds before our first break. Uh, we're talking this week with Austin Vickers. He is a filmmaker and a, a former trial lawyer whose experience practicing law was the basis, uh, or at least a huge basis, for his movie called People vs. the State of Illusion. We will be right back after this break. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millat, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R, realize it is possible. E, embrace all relationships. A, advance through adversity. D, develop your significance. M, manage your health and wealth. Y, yield to your natural abilities. L, listen to your heart. I, invest in yourself. P, persist by taking small steps. And S, serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millett on toginet.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My guest this week is Austin Vickers. He is a filmmaker who made the movie People vs. the State of Illusion. And if you'd like to uh, call in and talk to Austin, ask a question about themes in the movie, how we made the movie, which we'll talk about later on in the show, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And Austin, one of the themes in your movie, and it's an amazing movie, by the way. I saw it a couple of weeks ago, and it, it just blew my mind. If you all have not seen this, you should. And we'll talk a little bit later about how you can 
see this movie for yourself. But one of the themes that you talk about in, in the movie is about the science and power of imagination, which is a really interesting topic because you don't necessarily think about that topic very much. So let's talk about that for a bit. What, what is your angle on that in terms of how you present that in the movie? Well, really, one of the things that we're trying to show people um, is, you know, are some of the scientific facts of the mechanics of imagination. You know, how much, it's really my opinion, and I think what we try to showcase in the movie is that most people don't realize actually how much they are imagining almost everything in their life. So we kind of break down perception in the film from a scientific basis, showing exactly how that occurs in the brain and, you know, the total information that's available, what we're actually able to perceive, which really then goes on to show us, you know, how much of life we're actually imagining, which, you know, what people learn from watching the film is that they actually imagine most things. They just don't really imagine, don't know that they're imagining. And so the imaginations become unconscious imaginations. They're kind of habitual. It's habitual thinking, habitual perceiving. And those habits of thought really form the prison walls I was kind of talking about before um, the break. Uh, And those are, you know, what ultimately we have to get beyond to really start creating success in different areas of our life. So uh, Mm. to give you a real example of this, Mm-hmm. One of our experts in the film is a woman by the name of Dr. Candace Pert, who was the chief of neuroscience at the uh, National Institute of Health for many years, wrote a great book called Molecules of Emotion. Mm-hmm. And in the DVD footage, it didn't make it way, its way into the movie, but it is being included in the DVD. I asked her a question about imagination, and, and she said this. She said, you know, I get a lot of people sometimes who will come up to me, and they'll say, for example, I have a bad knee. And it's often a funny question because I'll look back at them and I'll say, well, you know, the cells in your knee replace themselves about every three months. So when you say to me you have a bad knee, which knee are you talking about? Are you talking about the knee you have right now or the knee you had three months ago or the new knee that you're going to have in three months from today? Because all of those knees are different. And the only thing that has a tendency to persist is our idea or our imagination about the health of our knee. And if that doesn't change or we think that we're diseased or we think that we can't heal, then, of course, we shouldn't be surprised when we don't. But there's actually no physical reason why no matter what's ever happened to your knee that it can't recreate itself. And that's one of the things that we're really trying to show with this film is that, you know, we can take conscious control of our imagination. And when we do that, as opposed to allowing it to just be subconscious, then we can really create some pretty dramatic changes, not only in our physical body, but in our relationships, in our work environment, in our state of mental health, you know, in almost every aspect of life. Hmm. It seems like there are some elements of this discussion in The Secret. Did you see The Secret? I, I watched a part of The Secret, um, but there were some things that I actually didn't like about it. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that I didn't like, at least in terms of, it, of the takeaway, and I, I kind of think they got it wrong, to be honest, mm-hmm. was they talk a lot about this, the law of attraction, but they... Right. They base the law of attraction on somebody's intention. So the example they often use in the film was, you know, if you want money, you have to set an intention for that money. And then if you do so and you believe it, you know, long enough, it's going to kind of magically show up. You know, the sudden check can arrive in the mailbox. And and I know a lot of people who watch that film going, well, I've tried that and it doesn't work. Right. And 
what I talk about in this film, because I really wanted to set the record straight, was the law of attraction, which I do believe in, doesn't respond to just our intention. It actually responds to our beliefs and our process of thinking. So, for example, if in wishing for $100,000, I'm wishing for that $100,000 because I think my life's not very good and I'm not very abundant in life and I want that $100,000 in order to be happy, the law of attraction doesn't respond to the intention. The law of attraction responds to the underlying process of thinking, which is a lack of abundance. And so, of, of course, nothing's going to show up because we think we need to have $100,000 in order to be happy. Right. And that's obviously not true. So, you know, I'm not sure they really clarified that in the film. And um, or at least I know a lot of people didn't really make that have that takeaway. And one of the things that we talk a lot about in People versus the State of Illusion is is to focus on the process of our thinking, because you can't just have a positive intention trying to undo, you know, this mountain of negativity that you might have within you because that's not the, – the universe isn't going to respond to your intention. It's going to respond to what, who you really are, which is that mountain of negativity. Yeah, I'm glad you made that distinction and I've seen The Secret and there are things about it that I like and I, I what you talked about is definitely a, a takeaway that uh, a lot of people have too is it, it seems a little incomplete and I see a lot of new films and projects out there that wh whose uh, resolution or, or goal is to complete what The Secret didn't say. But I love what you said about how the law of attraction does not respond to our intention. It responds to our beliefs. And I really honestly think you hit it on the head. That is why it doesn't work with people because we, we have to have an inner belief system that supports what we want. So that leads me to ask my next question. We all tend to have patterns in how we think. What do you think these patterns are generally like and, and how do you think they limit our thinking? Well, the patterns come to us, you know, um, genetically. I mean, obviously, we're born of our parents. We inherit their genetics and their DNA. And anyone who's had children knows that, I mean, kids come out of the womb with definitely a personality um, in play. So, and we know that neurologically as well. And then, you know, maybe in a cruel trick of nature, not only do we inherit some of those neurological patterns from our parents, but then we're also socialized in the environment with those same parents for, you know, the next 18 right. years of our lives just to make sure those patterns are reinforced. But the good news is that, you know, unlike when I was growing up and we were taught you only have a certain amount of brain cells and once you burn them out, that's it. That's yeah. not And we know there's a concept in, called neuroplasticity, which tells us that, you know, nowadays we know that you can grow new brain matter up until the day you die. I mean, you could be 100 years old. And you can form new neural networks and grow new brain matter and have mm -hmm. new – and it, those new thoughts and new belief systems will dramatically change the way that your physical mm -hmm. your life responds. So, you know, I think that what we have to do then is – but to get out of those patterns, we have to become aware of them. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't reflect on themselves. They don't reflect on their patterns and, you know, the same emotional states in to these similar circumstances. Typically, until they get, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of, of life, maybe they have, they get a disease or they have a marriage breakup or they get fired from their job like what I used to do. And then people start looking at themselves going, you know, geez, I, I've had 
multiple relationships here and the problems always seem to be the same. What's the common denominator? Oh, guess what? It's me. Right. And once you get to that point and you start to turn the focus inward and you're doing it in a non-judgmental way, but in a way that you're trying to understand a deeper pattern in your own thought patterns, then I think there's real hope. And that's what the movie is all about, that there's real hope to make significant change. That's great. So let me ask you this. How can we perceive challenges differently in order for us to create more success in our lives? Well, the first, the first step we have to do is be willing to look at things differently, right? Sometimes we don't want to support our worldview, and we don't want to actually take responsibility because if our problems can remain on the outside of us, well, then, you know, we, we get off we're we're kind of like a victim of circumstances, and geez, it's not our responsibility. So the ego has to maintain identity and maintaining that illusion. Um, whereas to really overcome them, we have to start to take responsibility, which is a very hard thing for most people to do. But once we start to do that, then we can simply ask the question, is my imagination serving me? And if it's not serving me, what's a different imagination I can have situation actually inspire me or make me feel, um, you know, connect the person or the events or the circumstances. And when we start to do that, we really can change our life. So, and I, you know, give you a, an example of that. Like if my brother, for example, called me and just said, hey, I can't talk to you, but I can't talk right now. I'll call you on Friday. In the old days, and even sometimes today, my sometimes go to a place of conflict like I'm imagining there's going to be an argument and I start thinking about what he's probably talking to me about and then or wants to talk to me about and then I start imagining arguments in defense well I shouldn't be surprised when I have that kind of unconscious programming that the conversation we ultimately then have becomes an argument right self-fulfilling prophecy um, okay so we've got about a minute and a half before our next break how do great leaders perceive and imagine differently than most people do? Well, the most important thing that great leaders do to imagine differently is they don't ever worry about the how. They focus on the what of vision and what it is that they want to accomplish, and they the how. A perfect example of this was John F. Kennedy when he announced that you know, we're going to the moon and be the first you know, country on earth to put people on the moon. Well, we didn't know how to do that. Jet propulsion hadn't been perfected to the point we could put people on the moon. But he announced the vision and then got the scientists together to bring that vision into reality. Mm. And that's what leaders do. They don't worry about the how. They only worry about what their vision is, and then they inspire people to help them accomplish it. Okay. That sounds right. Are you still there? Okay, good. It sounds like we're cutting out a little bit. I do apologize. We have just a few seconds before our break. We are talking with Austin Vickers. He is the filmmaker of the movie People vs. the State of Illusion. We've been talking about perception and imagination and taking responsibility and being willing to look at things a little bit different in order to create more success in our lives. We will be right back after this next break. Don't go away. This is a really fantastic show. This is Success Profiles Radio. Be right back.
the mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, tragedy, and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you love Christmas, this is your show. It's Show Me Decorating with the Christmas decorating experts, Becky McCraney and Kathy Harrison. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Becky and Kathy of Show Me Decorating are out to save the world from ugly Christmas trees. You can get rescued today by purchasing the Show Me Decorating tree trimming app for only $2.99. Available from the App Store, at iTunes, and on ShowMeDecorating.com. Each week, we invite you to join us here on the Rockstar Radio Network and come feel the glitter and spend a little time with these ladies in their exotic Texas draw as they share their enthusiasm for Christmas decorating. So be here Tuesday mornings to learn from the real designers, industry experts, and guest artists in the Christmas biz that will surprise and inspire you. It's Show Me Decorating with the Christmas decorating experts, Becky McCraney and Kathy Harrison. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Austin Vickers. Uh, creator of the movie People versus the State of Illusion, and we're exploring themes in the movie. And what I'd like to talk about next, Austin, is stress. And you talk about this at length. So let me ask you, what do you think stress is, and how does it affect us in our everyday lives, and how can we deal with it? Well, I think unlike most people often regard stress, you know, most people think of stress as coming from outside of them. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's exactly the opposite. Stress is always a perception and an interpretation of things that are happening outside of us. And that interpretation happens inside of us, which is why, of course, when any stressful event occurs, some people will survive and other people get sick and break down. And the difference is usually the way that they're seeing those events or circumstances or, or people that they believe are the cause of their stress. But, but ultimately, stress is always internally created. And in that internal response, that that pattern of thought, it can wreak havoc in our lives in really significant ways. I mean, one of the things that we present in the film are a host of statistics about stress and the negative effects that it have 
has on our lives and in our culture, and they're pretty significant problems. I mean, when you really consider, you know, the problems associated with eating disorders or obesity, when you consider the, the problems with alcoholism or even suicide. I mean, one of the stats we put in the film is that more people every year will die from suicide than from all of the armed conflicts around the world combined. So it's a really, really big problem. And ultimately, that problem is a function of an underimaginative and an underdeveloped, you know, internal awareness that that can be changed. Hmm. Wow. So, would you say that learning how to deal with stress inside ourselves more effectively, and even the limiting beliefs that go with that, would help solve a lot of these issues? Oh, there's no question it would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once you have, you know, we kind of call it a paradigm shift. But once you get new information or new facts, or you can look at a similar situation. I mean, I think one of the great things about doing this kind of work is in working with companies and working with people is that we don't change anything on the outside of them. Mm-hmm. All we're doing is changing on the inside. And once they make a change, they begin to see a circumstance or an event in their life differently. And as they do so, their life dramatically changes. But yet, it's almost like nothing's really changed on the outside. It's just they become very different because they start to see things in a different and a new light. So yeah. it's, it's a very powerful form of change. Yeah. So would you say that sometimes the issues that we experience in our life is, is uh, not just because of interpreting stress incorrectly in our lives, but also because we lack the imagination to see what it really is and how to deal yes. with it? Absolutely. It's that lack of imagination. Again, you know, I, I talked earlier about the, the knee example. Yes. We maybe we get in an accident, we think we have a bad knee, and therefore we imagine we're going to have a bad knee for the rest of our lives. But that's just not true. We only will have a bad knee the rest of our lives if we don't consciously try to imagine a new knee, you know, or a different knee. Um, the same thing is true with relationships, or the same yeah. thing is true with our working life. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who I ended up firing by applying a principle of imagination, they were able to think of, take that circumstance and think of a new opportunity. And before you know it, you know, within two to three years, they've started a business and are amazingly successful. And then yeah. you look back on it and you say, well, what do you think about the firing now? And they go, is the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Right, right. And I've heard a lot of people say that because I think if, if you're unhappy where you are, or the skill set that you have is not a great match for where you are, sometimes you just need someone to kick you out of the nest and say, go, go fly, go be who you're supposed to be. And I totally understand that. Let me ask something, because there was something in the movie. I think one of the experts said one out of 15 children in our society will go to jail sometime in their lifetime. That just floored me. What do you think uh, is attributed to that? Well, I think it's, you know, we're not... We're not very good at teaching these principles in our home and and not even good at dealing them with them ourselves. And as a result of that, a lot of children, in fact, the statistic from the CDC is that one in seven children are neglected or emotionally abused in their lifetime. And when they go through that experience, it can literally create a lifetime of you know, work and relationship failures and oversensitivities and physical problems, etc. So, oh. you know, when we abandon our children because we haven't dealt with our own emotional issues and haven't learned to navigate our own minds in terms of how to have a healthy imagination and a healthy perception, 
then as a result, our kids suffer. And of course, then they, you know, without feeling powerful themselves, kids will go out. And one of the things we know behind committing crimes is that it's often a cry for power. Yeah. And, and, you know, they don't have it authentically, so they have to go out and create it in an inauthentic way. Yeah. So let's, let's give our listeners a little bit of hope here, because if, if someone is creating this situation by not perceiving or imagining correctly, this can be fixed. I mean, you can change in a moment by choosing to see a situation differently. Does that sound accurate? It really does. In fact, one of the things I'm most proud of with the movie was we got a review by Scientific American magazine, which um, validated all the science that we included in the film. And the name of their the article they wrote on the film is, is literally the headline was, Want to Change Your Life? This Movie Might Inspire You to Do So. Wow. And, and really what they said in the article is, in, you know, is they recognize what we put into the film, which is you absolutely can make your way out of any limitation created by these habits of thought. There's a way to do it, and that's what we hopefully teach not only you know, in the movie itself, but also mm-hmm. in all of my programs I, I teach that kind of stuff. So wow, that's absolutely possible. That is an amazing source to say something like that about your film. So, so that's great. Are, are you leveraging this endorsement somehow in your marketing? <laughs> Well, we try to let people know about it, and, you know, and and uh, and we'll put it on the cover of the DVD when it comes out as well. And you know, yeah. I, I it, what's really nice, and one of the reasons I made the film in the way that I did is because I also wanted to put out material that included non-controversial science, right. you know, even though it's leading edge, and also present the material in a way that wouldn't offend anybody from any spiritual tradition. So you right. know, we don't get religious or we just talk about principles like hope and imagination and love, which obviously are a part of all religious traditions. And right. because of that, you know, not only Scientific American, but the film is actually getting picked up by PBS as well and it's going to be shown on PBS next year. And wow. and you know, I think our ability to get into the mainstream and teach this stuff is really, really important. So that yeah. that was one of the purposes behind the film. Yeah. So will this be on PBS in every, um, every I state or I don't are know those separate yet. contracts we're, that you had to work out? Yeah, we're, we're actually premiering in, in Arizona first at the end of December. Awesome. And then depending on, on you know, audience reaction and how well it does is whether or not it'll expand. So we're keeping our – I'm imagining that it will, Brian. There you go. There you go. And I bet – and this is just you know an aside. I bet – Stations like the Discovery Channel would would eat something like this up too if if they had an opportunity to see it. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, obviously we'll we'll reach out at some point to everybody we can, but we're thrilled to be on PBS too because yeah. it's such a, you know, they do so much in terms of public service and and mm-hmm. giving back to people and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like these principles would be very useful in the uh, psychotherapy field. I mean, especially if you've got someone who just seems to be spiraling, and basically you can just you know work with people about how how can you break out of this pattern and how can you recreate. I know you do coaching, so I mean, let's just talk about that for for a minute. As long as we're on that subject, you do private coaching and group coaching. Am I right? Yeah, I don't really do it anymore. I just don't have time anymore. But I, I did for over a decade. Uh, yeah. Worked with lots of individuals and executives from companies and whatnot. And and I yeah, I, it definitely you know involves you know psychological principles and whatnot. But unlike therapy, which really implies that. 
there's something wrong with somebody or there's uh, something sick about them. Right. Th- this material is totally different and it has much more wider applicability to people's lives because a perfectly healthy person has limitations. You know, the example I always use is like from the golf world. Imagine, you know, the best golfers in the world all have golf coaches who aren't even good enough to go play on the PGA Tour themselves. Now, why would they do that? The reason they do that is because those golf coaches help them see in themselves what, they, what they're unable to see. And even a very slight adjustment can be the difference between being last on the PGA Tour and being first in the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. So the same is true in life. You know, it's not like this material is only good for somebody who's suffering from a problem. This is about making very subtle adjustments and slight adjustments because the difference between really us achieving our dreams or not is often a very, very slight difference. Right, right. And I can imagine uh, you brought up golf. I mean, for what for years, Tiger Woods was at the very top of the golf world, and it wasn't even close, and it's because he finished well. I mean, if he had the lead going into the last round, he almost always won. But if he was behind going into the last round, it was really tough. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't as successful. It's really hard to come from behind. Um, would you say that some of the principles in there could help someone in a competitive environment just get that slight edge to help them uh, – excel even more? Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, one of the things that we document in the film is not only does imagination affect our own physical bodies and our energy levels and our state of health, etc., but it, it can actually influence our external environment. And we, we report a couple of studies in the film about work that's been done showing the power of our belief systems and our intentions on external environments, even inanimate objects like computers. So there's no question that, you know, we can not only affect ourselves, but we can affect people around us. We can affect people who are far away from us. I mean, at a level of consciousness, and I'm not talking about physicality here, but at a level of consciousness, we're much more closely connected than we've previously believed. That's great. And we are coming up against our final break. Can you believe how quickly this show is going? It's awesome. My guest this week is Austin Vickers. We're talking about themes in his movie called People versus the State of Illusion. In our last segment, we're going to talk about how he made that movie and how he put it all together. For those of you that are interested in making a movie or, or doing something creative like this, don't miss this last segment. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We will be right back after this segment. This is Success Profiles Radio. Don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you powerless to stop making choices that hinder your happiness, your peace of mind, your sense of fulfillment, or success? Have your choices resulted in broken relationships, job losses, and financial chaos? Then be here for Strategies for Healing from Addictions with your host, Gary and Sharon Worrell. Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. 
Strategies for Healing Coaches and Empowers and seeks to help people discover their goals and reach those goals quickly. Provide structure, tools, and perspective to help clients accomplish more in their lives. To encourage clients to think bigger and realize their full potential. Strategies for Healing endeavors to see each individual come to a place of purposeful living apart from addictions. Check out the website, strategiesforhealing.com. Then join us for Strategies for Healing from Addictions with your host, Gary and Sharon Worrell. Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. There's a new sheriff in town. All right, boys. It's time to bulletproof your taxes. It's Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network with Bulletproof Your Taxes. You can't avoid IRS problems with her audit proofing system. You know time is running out. The IRS is looking for you and your business, and it's only going to get worse because they're determined to close as many loopholes that currently exist for virtual businesses. Nellie knows this to be true because she's a former IRS tax audit supervisor. So you know she knows her stuff. And learn how to beat, not cheat the IRS, and keep more of what's yours so it doesn't become theirs. Check out her website, bulletproofyourtaxes.com. Imagine the peace of mind knowing your taxes are bulletproof. So we'll see you here, partner, for Bulletproof Your Taxes, Fridays at 1 Eastern, with Nellie Williams, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is our final segment of Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Austin Vickers. Uh, he is a filmmaker who made the movie People vs. the State of Illusion. And I'd like to open up this segment, Austin, by having you let people know where they can get this movie we've been talking about for the whole show. Well, it's opening right now in theaters and different event venues across the uh, country. And if people go to the website, which is www.thestateofillusion.com, they can find out information where it's playing. And actually, our DVD is being released next week. So, And if people pre-order the DVD now, we're also including a free CD from one of my programs called Stepping Up to a Life of Vision, Passion, and Authentic Power for free. So... It's a great time to pre-order the DVD. They can watch the trailer on the website, and uh, and I'm pretty sure most people. I mean, we've gotten really, really rave reviews from people who see the movie. So yeah, I'm I'm confident your listeners will love it. Yeah, I've seen it, and it is absolutely amazing. You must, you must see this. It will, it'll shake you up and, and change the way you think about a lot of things. So let's talk about the creative element of this. You put together a movie. We talked earlier about how you got the idea for the movie. Um, let's talk about how you put it together and how it's become part of your business model. Let's talk first of all about financing because if anyone's going to put together a big project like this, they've got to get the money from somewhere. So anyone out there who is putting together some kind of a creative effort or an artistic effort that requires dollars, how does one go about finding that money? Well, that's always the biggest challenge for sure. And the one thing that I think is really important, again, is not to worry so much about the how of that, but Mm -hmm. stay very focused on what your vision is Mm -hmm. and 
get other people to buy into your vision because once you do that, I mean, once I had the vision for the movie, I was able to, you know, contact the experts and sell them on the vision of the movie. And then I would just talk to everybody about it until a very special business partner of mine who I was telling about the idea basically came to me and, and she's our executive producer on the film and said, I love the idea and let me fund it. And, you know, I want to be the person, you know, involved with you in making this happen. So I think sometimes people create limitations for themselves because they don't know how they're going to get the money or they think they have to just go out and ask for money as opposed to losing, you know, and they, in that they lose track of their vision. I don't think they have to do that. If they stay focused on their vision and talk to everybody about that, that they can, you know, eventually I believe that somebody will show up to help support it if, it's, if we're really in alignment with, with that desire. Wow, that's a really great answer. So let me ask you about casting. Um, how, how did you go about picking the people that you wanted in your movie? Did you want people who were known? Did you want unknowns? How- oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have had, <laughs> you know, like some of Hollywood's top actors. But I was, you know, we were making the film on a very limited budget. Right. And so we just went through um, the actors in the local area. We shot most of the narrative fiction part of the film in San Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we literally chose, we went to the local actor community there and, and created auditions and, um, and to be able to find the actors that we included in the film there. That's great. So it does pay to be involved in, in local theater if you want to get your start somewhere. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of filmmakers will go, you know, they'll look at where they're shooting and then they go into that area and often draw upon the local acting community for roles, you know, in the films that they're shooting. So definitely a good way. Great. So the process of writing this movie, what was that like for you and how long did it take? You know, I loved it. I I first wrote the idea for the film just in conceptual terms. And then I contacted all of the experts who were in it. And then I hired a a film photographer to come with me and literally went and spent four to five hours with each one of the experts in the movie until I got all of the documentary footage I wanted. And then I edited it to pull out the themes that I really wanted for the film. And then I wrote the narrative side of the movie, the dramatic side of it, to kind of match the material so that it would really exemplify what I was talking about. And that process took me yeah. about three months to, to write the, mm. the, the script for it and hone it down to a point where we were ready to shoot. Yeah, and I liked that what I would like to call a side-by-side element where you had an actual story going on and then you'd cut away from the scene and have an expert talk about some principle relating to the movie, whether it came from neuroscience, neuroscience or quantum physics or microbiology or wherever you, they were pulling their information from. And it just was a really neat way to explain the principles that the movie was talking about. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I appreciate your noticing that. In a, in a, for me, it was an effective way to communicate because, you know, the, the expert side of it is kind of like a lot of the thinking and intellectual side of it, whereas the narrative story of the film is really emotionally compelling. Yeah. And in that, what we wanted to do is obviously capture both the head and the heart because mm-hmm. that's the way that I think we're, we most effectively communicate. Uh- right away did they put you off what was that process like 
I'm sorry, I lost you there for a little bit. Could you just repeat that question, Brian? Absolutely. When you were trying to get these experts to to participate with you in this project, was it easy to get these people? Was it hard to find them? Did they buy in right away? What was that process like of getting experts to participate with you? You know, it was relatively easy. I mean, I, I had really um, crafted the idea in mind, and I was, you know, really buttoned down in terms of my presentation to each of them. But but then I just wrote them a letter, and in a couple of cases, I had to, you know, make some follow-up phone calls. They're all pretty busy, and they didn't really know who I was. Right. But I told them what the project was about. I was, you know, making the film ultimately for PBS, um, and at that time, I didn't even know we'd be in theaters, and and then asked them to participate based on my respect for their work, and they all really graciously agreed to do so. So it was actually much easier than you would think. Yeah, and and to all of you out there who are looking to get uh, experience working with influential people, you definitely want to spend time in your inquiry praising the work they've done and indicating that you are a fan of what they've done because you want to build people up before you ask them for something. And that's that's not coming from a selfish place. That's being from a very genuine place, right? No, it is. And I, and I think even beyond that, you also, you know, I, I mean, I experience this as well when I'm on the road traveling and presenting the film. People approach me all the time and they want help with this or they want help with that. And the reality is, is you know, if I, I would love to do it, but if, if I did it, I would literally have no time to do anything for myself because I would be spending all this time just working for other people instead of for my own dreams and and my imagination. So the one piece of advice I always give to people is come prepared to offer a real benefit. You know, I mean, when I went to the experts in the film, I said, look, I want to showcase your work. I'm going to put it in my movie, and this is the marketing I'm going to spend behind it. You know, we're ultimately going to be on PBS, and... It's, it's going to be a really great project that really showcases what you do. So I wasn't just asking for their time. I was really coming to them with a really significant benefit for, their, for them as well and for their own work. And when you do that, then people will, you know, if your thought is to really give first and, and build them, even in a way beyond just praise, but in a really tangible way, then that's when I think we, we become, it becomes okay to really ask for something back. So... There you go. That's really awesome. So let me ask one more time. How can someone get a hold of this uh, movie or DVD or, or to see, that, see it? So they can go to our website, which is www.thestateofillusion.com, and they can pre-order the DVD there. They can see um, where the film is playing and what cities we're this week we're going. We'll be in Atlanta. I'll be in Kansas City next week. The week after I'm in Miami. The week after I'm in Vancouver, Canada, mm-hmm. um, and then Chicago and New York. So we're we're all over North America here for the next few months. Okay. Um, but they can pre-order the DVD right on the website itself. Okay, so it's thestateofillusion.com, right? Uh, yes, that's it. Great. We've got about three minutes before the end of the show. So let me ask you, Austin. This is my favorite question that I ask everybody. Who inspires you and what motivates you? You know, um, well, definitely people who inspire me include all of the experts in the film. I mean, those were one of the great joys in filmmaking is, is really being able to craft something the way you want to. And I intentionally included the people I did in the film because they'd all in one shape or form inspired me or touched my life in a different way and from different aspects. I mean, you know, 
Candace Pert in neuroscience and Peter Senge in the world of education and management and business and Thomas More in the world of psychology. And so each of them comes from a different perspective, but they've all really inspired me. And I think, you know, what motivates me is both a desire to really uh, affect the world. I mean, I would say that I've always kind of had a very strong altruism within me. But I have to be honest, it's also engaged with my ego. And I love speaking and I love getting up in front of an audience and talking to them about things that I'm passionate about. And I get a lot back from that experience. And so Mm -hmm. by combining kind of those elements of my ego that get satisfied with my strong spiritual desires and my altruism, I feel like I'm in total alignment with my life's passion and my life's purpose. And I'm very, very happy doing what I'm doing. Thoughts about the movie or or themes in it that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, the biggest thing is really that the science and that power of imagination and for people to really stop and really consider how often they're imagining in a very conscious way what they want to create in their life and how much they're imagining in an unconscious way some of the negative or experiences of their life and really to give people hope that they can change and if they go see the movie it will really help them to do so great one last time how can we get a hold of you austin um best ways through the website of the film www.thestateofillusion.com and i can be reached through there as well and and or come out to one of our events that's always happy to i love running into listeners when i'm doing these events across the country Uh, an amazing pleasure having you here. This is a great topic, and I appreciate you. So thank, thank you, Brian. So it's, been a, it's been a pleasure being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. You bet. And we are coming to the close of the show. This has been Success Profiles Radio. You can hear us on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can listen live at www.successprofilesradio.com right on the show page. And within about an hour after the show, the podcast will be available on the website. You can listen there. It's also available as a free download on iTunes a couple of hours after the show. Link with me on Facebook and on FacedIn, which is also on my show page. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Take care everyone. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week, we'll